Welcome back to Survived with Sophie and Lexi. Happy holidays. For some reason, I thought you were going to say happy Halloween. And <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. Um, it's Christmas. It'll be Christmas. Everyone gets this episode. What is it? The Friday before Christmas Eve or? Yeah, because Christmas Eve is on. Saturday? Saturday. Yeah. Coming okay, up quick. It is. That's so exciting. And for all of our other listeners who celebrate other holidays around this time. Yes. <laughs> so. If you don't celebrate at all, that's okay. Yes, that's all right, too. So, Lexi, have you had any new updates or recent news in your life? Uh, I moved to somewhere that no one is allowed to know, but <laughs> I moved. <laughs> um, nice. It's a really nice little house, so that's all the information that everyone's getting, though. <laughs> Thank you. Congratulations, Lexi. Thank you. Yeah, it's very exciting. I feel like an adult, but then also part of me Wishes that I didn't have adult responsibilities, but it's fine. We all have to grow up at some point. It's a fun step to take is it, moving it, into it really your own is. home. Mm-hmm. All right. I was trying to think of any updates in my life, but so far, just looking forward to the holidays. <laughs> all right. So, Lexi, do you want? Oh, sorry. (laughs) I know you're good. Lexi, do you want to go over the overview kind of of our episode? So this is episode six. If you guys are following it along, yes. Yep, we can go over the overview of it. Um, mainly just to lay out the podcast in this episode for our listeners. I always want to say viewers, but. It is listeners. I can't um, see us. <laughs> no, I had to catch myself there. Um, so we're going to talk about that Friday after Thursday. And we are going to talk about how we stayed in a hotel room. And then the next day we stayed in a, we moved into a safe house. Um, we're going to talk about our track phones that we had to get. Some weird stuff happening when we went out. And for some dumb reason, we thought that was a good idea, but we will talk about that later. And then a letter that um, Sophie's parents wrote. Yes. And this was all going on. So that will be exciting because it's a really good letter. It has a lot of nice information just kind of for everyone to get more of like an outside perspective um, from what was actually going on. And for all of our listeners to get kind of what our parents were feeling and kind of like our parents' perspective as well. Yes. All right. So first up today, we're going to read a statement from Macy, and it's about that Friday. I was not present. I believe I was going to class or trying to figure out other things on this Friday morning. 
Um, Lexi, were you there this Friday morning? Yes. Yep. Okay. Lexi was present and so was Macy. I was not. So that is why I'm reasoning Macy's statement. Okay. Quote. The next morning, a female officer, I can't remember her name. She came over with the fire department and had them scan the house. She asked me all the people it could be, and I honestly had no idea. She asked me if it could be my ex-boyfriend, which I said no, because he doesn't live in the area, and he wouldn't do that. Then we went to the Dina students, and I told them what was going on. They offered us parking passes and housing on campus. Then I went to work, and when I was almost done with my shift, I got a call from work from my parents saying that Lexi's mom was in town and she was going to be taking our phones and that I needed to get a track phone. I wrote down all the numbers I needed and I hurried home. I uh, instantly, I instantly gave my phone to Lexi's mom and we went to Walmart to get a disposable phone. Lexi's mom had a police officer come into the house with us while we got our things we needed. Lexi's mom wanted us to go into the house to see if we could sneak in to hear the noises, but Lexi and I refused. We stayed in a hotel that night and we moved into the safe house on the Friday. See, the dates, we're not really sure. Yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> um, it was either Friday or Saturday, um, but that's e- okay. Yeah, either the Friday 31st of January or Saturday, February 1st. So right at the end of January, very early February. Yes. Um, yeah, that covers majority of the day on Friday. Um, I don't think we really went to classes that Friday. And I remember that female officer calling me to basically come into the house um, to scan things because they had some type of scanner that they could see straight through the walls. Um, and so they went through the whole house and nothing came up, no cameras or anything. Again, nothing was ever found, even though we have continuous proof that someone was doing it. Um, it was an actual physical person versus spirits. Um, like we first thought it was when we saged the house the first time something happened, (laughs) but, (laughs) um, yeah, that's pretty much about it. We gave our phones over to my mom. Um, we had a friend that, well, not a friend, but a like a PI. Third-party detective, which is like a private investigator. Yeah, and he went through all of our phones. And I think Macy had the track phone the longest. Right? Because that one had to be detained. Yeah. Yes. And I just remember that 30th, too, when we were in the house, Macy and I were in the house with um, all of the police and the fire department going through this whole house. They had asked us to factory reset our phones because then we could see if, like, it was somebody that was actually hacking into something about, I just remember they kept asking us to factory reset our phones. And it was probably a good thing that we didn't. Otherwise, we would have lost everything and the PI wouldn't have been able to find anything on the phones. But 
So it worked out in our favor that we didn't. Because doesn't that wipe everything on your phone? Yeah, it wipes everything. I think it resets. Well, obviously it resets because it's called a reset. But (laughs) if we're wrong about that, if we're wrong, if anyone out there, just let us know. If we're wrong, we don't really know technology. Nope. It's kind of iffy. So um, we want to talk about the next topic, which was moving into the safe house. And um, we just kind of want to explain how we got put into a safe house. Um, So that Friday that all of the police officers were over at the house, they had mentioned that the university provides safe housing for students that are going through essentially like what we were going through, um, stalking, um, any type of sexual incidences, uh, dangerous stuff. Yeah, pretty much just stuff that would put someone else's life in danger. So I would really like to thank our university for that because it really helped us out a lot, I believe. And our Um, Dean of Students at the time. I don't remember her name, but she was very, very nice. Yes, she was very helpful throughout this whole thing and very accommodating. And when we... The police officer came with us. I think one did just kind of to explain like what was going on in their stance because I don't think the university was really aware of what was happening but as soon as they did they were very helpful um, super accommodating and so um, we went to the dean of students obviously and they were very accommodating Um, but I would also like to add this in there as well Um, Throughout this whole process, uh, especially because we had to live in the safe house, we didn't know how long at that point. We didn't know if we would finishing, be finishing our semesters in this safe house. But essentially, the dean of students had to send out a letter, not a letter, but to an email to all of our professors that we had during that time, basically stating that these are the reasons why we missed. Um, nothing should be held against us. And we are, at this moment in time, still missing classes. And uh, that the student that was, which essentially was us, um, is supposed to talk to the professors as well and work something out. Um, So essentially, like, we were constantly moving around. We couldn't be in the same place. I remember always having to kind of change your class schedule and how you took like the pathways to get where you needed to get. Um, And side note here, when we would have to, because at our duplex, we had a driveway. So we were used to just parking in our driveway and going inside. At this, um, our safe house was in like an upperclassman dorm. So we had to park. If there was no parking there, we had to park far away in a different parking lot on our campus and we would have to have police officers escort us to the dorm yeah we couldn't do anything by ourselves like we always had to have someone with us or like if we wanted to go run to walmart really quick like we had to like tell people where we were going we always and we had track phones it's not like we had actual phones at this time but 
it was just a very long essentially a month we lived there for a whole month um before we ended up moving to a different house but we will talk about that later and just one more thing to add about the safe house was at this time um Ava did not question where we were what when we were coming back um she never once really tried to figure out where we went like I don't know how you all three of your roommates go missing without like we didn't tell her we moved out we grabbed the stuff that we needed and left and left like we could only bring clothes and certain things like we couldn't bring any furniture we could only bring so much before I mean before we moved but she didn't ask us where we were or anything and we had gotten Someone had told us that she was still staying at the duplex and her boyfriend at the time moved in, the cheese man, and we were not informed. So, very strange. One thing that I do remember about this whole process of moving in there is I do remember frantically, like, grabbing all of our stuff and moving it into the dorm and our safe house like it was a dorm but it was the upperclassmen dorms and those dorms were fairly close they were the closest dorms to our duplex which was also kind of freaky just having that thought in your head being still super close to them and I just do I do remember that going to Walmart and Lexi, you were saying, oh, don't forget, you need to buy new sheets. And I said, what? And you were like, yeah, now we have twin beds instead of full or queen beds like we had at our duplex. We have to downgrade to twin bed sheets. And I think I still have them like somewhere. And every time I pull them out, it just like I flash back to living in this dorm room. It really sucked, too, because we weren't prepared. We weren't able to get prepared. So the only thing that was really keeping us between those nasty dorm room beds was a sheet. Like, we didn't have any padding because I mean, we didn't know how long we were going to be there. We didn't know if we were going to move out the next day. We didn't know what was going on. So we had to, like, we could have bought, like, padding and stuff, but it didn't make sense to because it's like we had no idea what was actually going on. And I don't know about other people, but our campus had, like, this was technically an upperclassman dorm that we were staying in, but when me, Lexi, and Macy were all freshmen and sophomores, we stayed in the dorms, but we stayed in very high-end dorms that were very nice. They were so nice. And they didn't have cinder block walls. But these upperclassmen dorms, they were older, so they did have those cinder block walls. But everyone had, like, a separate room to themselves, and we did have, like, a little living room and a little kitchen area and a bathroom. But I just remember, like, it was so weird just laying in that bed, having that cinder block wall, and it didn't feel like home at all. 
No, it it kind of it was nice just because you had to go through door after door after door to get into this part of the dorm so like we were definitely locked in but so that part was really nice like I remember just like the first time laying on that bed and just fully relaxing just kind of not having to look over my shoulder for once in like a couple months but it was definitely not the to adjust to but at least um these dorms were nicer and they were more apartment style dorms and they weren't like we had to share a bathroom no I think like we didn't have to share a bathroom um we just had to like we had two bathrooms inside of our suite and then we had a four bedroom but only there was only three of us so so we do have a listener question and this is regarding our safe house and the listener question is Who lives in the duplex now? Have they heard anything? Did everything weird stop when you moved out? Yeah, this is a really good question because I actually know the girl that lives in the house now. Kind of funny because she was younger than me. She was, but we had a lot of similar classes together. So I knew her and she was just like one of those She's a really sweet girl. She was really, um, it was just kind of like one of those friends that you would see out and you would just talk to here and there. Um, but I remember I was just talking to her at the bars one time about a year ago and we were catching up and I was like, oh, what are you doing now? Like, how do you feel being out of the dorms? Um, and she was like, oh, it's great. Like I live over in um, the name of the apartment complex. Uh, which is where we were over at. And I was like, oh, you do you live in one of the apartments over there? And she's like, no, I live in the, one of the duplexes, which is placed behind the apartments. And I was like, oh, I used to live over there too. And I was like, what duplex do you live in? She's like, at the end of the cul-de-sac. I was like, that's where I used to live at the end of the cul-de-sac. I go, which house? Like if you were facing straight down at the end of the cul-de-sac and you were just standing uh what like towards like the direction of like the houses split between the cul-de-sac you standing there which house was it was it off to the left or was it out to the right she's like oh it was the one off to the right and I was like which side and she goes the right side and I was like I used to actually live in that same exact duplex and she's like oh why don't you live in it anymore and I was like hmm. Let me tell you a story. <laughs> it's long. It's a very <laughs> long story. And she, um, I thought the landlord had to legally disclose that. That's what we were told when the case was closed and everything was shut down um, for this. But um, she had no idea. Uh, no, they haven't. I don't think she's had any issues. Um. I don't think everything really stopped when we moved out. Like we still kind of got a few text messages, which we will talk about later in this episode. But um, for the most part, it really quieted down. I mean, mainly just because we weren't allowed to tell anybody where we were or what we were doing or where we were at. 
like the number one thing they told us was don't tell anyone you're in this safe house and you're in this dorm yeah it was very limited people we were supposed to know we were there it was like we had a list of people that were allowed and there was a list of people that weren't allowed because again they had to clear certain people especially like our parents were obviously on that list and like obviously um few other people but uh no there was it was really it was very strict about where we were at Mm -hmm. for good reason though very good reason yeah and one last thing I want to add about the safe house is so I just remember we did cook a lot when we were in our duplex but since we didn't know how long we were going to live in our safe house we didn't bring like any groceries or anything with us or any food so like the picture in my brain when I just remember this is eating Olive Garden takeout (laughs) and the room just smells like Olive Garden just because we would drive um, 30 minutes to a town that would had an Olive Garden in it because our town was too small and we would get it you know, for takeout and bring it back and we would just have a feast and that's what made us the happiest and it was just a good time. I remember that. We, it was so good when we were able to finally eat, just eat something. Yeah. But also like, I always remember we didn't, so we didn't have an oven, but we had a dishwasher in this like apartment, but we had a convection oven so it was just like a microwave on steroids, but we could never figure out how to get that thing to work. Yeah, it was really confusing. I think half the time we were just eating salads and Italian dressing, like, because we were like, we, we have no way. Like that convection oven, like we were, had like two modes, was, which was like oven mode and like in microwave mode. And we couldn't even get, I don't, I don't know. We weren't <laughs> exactly very smart, but we never figured it out basically just lived on fast food for a month but since we were college students it was all right yeah we didn't mind it (laughs) kind of expensive though at the end yeah especially eating out all the time um but on the track phones and my brain is a little bit fuzzy on this so Lexi if you'd like to jump in at any time go right ahead So we were instructed by the police to just factory reset our phones and turn them in. However, we didn't really want to turn our phones in at all because they had like all of our pictures and everything on our phones. And if we were to factory reset, I believe it would wipe everything on there. And I was still scared they could track us on our phones at this point as well. Um... We grabbed all of our contacts off of our phone and we turned them into a third-party detective, which Lexi said before was a PI. And they were going to do some more digging to see what they can find or trace on those phones. We all went to Walmart and we purchased track phones with minutes for the whole month so we would be able to at least call and text. 
how humiliating is it to carry one of those things around to class? Because everyone else has an iPhone and we also had iPhones at this time. And now we get downgraded to a track phone. And we had track phones for weeks. And we eventually all got new phones with new phone numbers and new Apple IDs even. So we did lose everything because we had to get new Apple IDs. I completely forgot that when you get track phones, you have to buy minutes. (laughs) Yes. Oh, my goodness. Um, I feel like you pretty much covered it. Uh, That's about it. Just completely forgot that you have to get minutes. (laughs) And I remember wanting to listen to music so bad walking to class. Oh, yeah. That part sucked. And just getting a text and having to pull out that phone, I would try to hide it because I was so embarrassed of holding that thing. It's. It was, like, I always laughed for some reason. I was, like, this is so <laughs> funny. I'm just, like, look at this little I, tiny phone in my hand. I think I still have it somewhere. I don't even know. So embarrassing. <laughs> well, um, going off of that, and we're going into the track phones. So we have, at this point, um, moved into the safe house. And we had our track phones. Um, and we decided that we were going to be dumb. And we're like, let's go blow off some steam and have fun with some of our friends. So I would just like to say this at the time. We were underage. And we went to the bars that night, which we were literally told not to go anywhere. But again, why would we listen? I was not. I was not present at the time. No. Sophie was out of this. It was Macy and I that went to the bars. Um, And I would just like to put this out there. I didn't drink because I had drove to the bars. So that way we could get back safe. Um. And so I only had maybe one or two drinks this whole night. And we are going to start reading Macy's quote. Uh, Macy's statement, not her quote. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So January 31st or whatever the date is, because we don't know. I also want to preface that we are all way above legal age now. Now. Yes. Now we are. (laughs) So... Now we're a couple years out from, I mean, we were all almost 21 (laughs) at that point anyways. We just didn't want to wait. But, yeah. So, reading her statement. Lexi, Devin, and I decided to go to the bars and blow off some steam and have fun with some friends. No, we were not 21 at the time. And yes, we were underage drinking there. We were having a good time talking to our own separate friend groups when I decided that I wanted to go home early. She was there with Devin and I told her I was leaving and asked if that was okay. She said yes and I left around 1130. Again, this was in Macy's point of view. So when I say I in this statement, it means her 
if that isn't confusing. It kind of sounded confusing. Anyways, um, I had went back and I had a friend drop me off. Lexi told me she was going to stay out for a little bit longer. At one thirty, super weird. Um, she hadn't been drinking a lot that night. She had maybe one or two drinks when she started feeling weird. She was by the bar when one of the bartenders said someone had told on her for being underage and she had to leave. The next night she was throwing up, the next night and day she was throwing up like she was sick and not a hungover sick. I had went on to Snap Maps to look at the memories that I had saved from that night and I saw a memory that I'd saved at 11.11 with random letters saying, we see you. I hadn't gone on my phone at all because I was disposed because I had a disposable and was out of data, so I couldn't even go on anything. And we had never told the cops about this part because we were all underage. Um, I would just like to say that the smartphones that we did have, uh, not the smartphones, but the track phones <laughs> that we had, were, we, they were the smartphones of the track phones. And we could have Snapchat on there if we had it connected to the internet. So that's how she found the Snapchat on her phone because, I mean, we had the smartphones of track phones. And I remember her showing that picture, like, to me the next day. And it was, like, a black picture with text on it. Like, somebody, like, put words on it. And it was, like, we see you. But there was, like, spaces in between the words. But even if, like something were to happen and her phone would have or like something would have accidentally touched her phone to type that that's actually super weird that it would type that out yeah and I think like it's that. probably from that guy hacking her phone and he could already get into her stuff so her putting phone it just made it an easy access for him but I don't think you can really even, I mean, I'm sure you can try and hack a track phone, but it just depends on how many minutes you have, because if you have minutes, then you have range. If you have no minutes, then the phone doesn't exist, essentially. Um, Yeah. Anyways, going back to the statement. I want to say a week went by. Sophie, Lexi, and I's parents came up to talk to the police department because they weren't doing a good enough job at that time. And what we mean by that is just them not coming out to help us when we called 911 for their assistance and basically this, them telling us that they had already been out there several times. Um, but anyways, Sophie's dad had a conference call with the mayor and went to the chief of police because all of the parents were so upset. I can't remember the exact date I got, but I got an email from the female officer who asked me to come in. When I got in there, she immediately went into the fact that she heard I knew a guy who was doing this. I told her I didn't, but that I knew she was talking about Rock, a guy I went to middle from, I went to middle school through college with. 
I knew this because my mom had brought him up and I instantly shut it down and I explained to the female officer that she went and I explained that to the female officer. She went on to explain that our parents need to stay out of it and back off because it, they were making the job more difficult and that she was upset that we had given our phones to a different company. And she says her plan was to have a factory reset them. And if continued to happen, she would send out someone to look at her Wi-Fi. She then gave me a piece of paper to write out my statement for things that had happened since the first time in January. So now we are going to move into the letter that Sophie's parents had written. And there's two letters. Um, and we will talk about one in this episode and then another one in the other episode, in a different episode. Yes. I also just want to touch on what you just read, Lexi. I just like still think that's I don't know I know people say like oh coincidence but I don't know all that kind of stuff is just crazy to me to think about it it's pretty weird um mainly just because that woman police officer was really inconsiderate um she was not listening to anything that we said and we were the just, ones who went through it. but Yeah, she would always second. She's like, are you, like, I remember saying something about one of the nights and one of the scenarios. And I think I had something, said something about us crawling through the window. And I was trying to explain to the, that to her on that Friday. And she's like, so this happened? It's like, no, no one went out the front door. We went out through the front window. Window starts with a W and a D starts with <laughs> a door like she just was I don't know very difficult to work with yeah. and she just did not understand some things um, mainly because it's a good thing that we did not reset our phones and we had told her that we had already turned off the wi-fi we had already turned off everything, and she thought it was somebody on the Wi-Fi, and I'm like, no, we turned off the Wi-Fi. We unplugged it. I know we did because there was three other guys and two other girls to account for it. So, anyways, yes. we will move on. <laughs> All right. So, I'm going to read a letter that um, my parents wrote to our chancellor of our university and the chief of police of the city that we lived in. There was two letters. The other one was to the police department itself, but I think we're going to save that one for the next episode because it kind of ties into what we're going to talk about next week. Alrighty. Dear Chancellor Blank and Chief Blank, I'm not going to read their names just for privacy reasons. This letter is in regards to the police case relating to our daughter, Sophie, and her roommates, Macy and Lexi. Regarding the threatening events, both at these girls' apartment, as well as the, as well as the threats received on campus. With the intervention of the university and support from the Dean of Students, the girls have been moved to a temporary safe house until the case is resolved. 
the threats include surveillance by high-tech hidden cameras and speakers in the apartment, threatening texts, threats of knowing their schedules and coming after them. These incidents have been occurring since mid-December and should be documented in several police reports. After speaking to two police officers yesterday to get the status of the case, it is apparent that the case is stalled until something further happens to the girls. There is no proactive investigation occurring. We contacted the landlord yesterday, which was the first time he was made aware of the situation. We were surprised that interviewing the landlord was not one of the first steps taken by the police. As far as we know, no one has been interviewed by a detective, such as neighbors, boyfriends, or even the girls. Is there a detective assigned to this case? We would like your assistance in moving this investigation forward to the conclusion. The police officers indicated the case is beyond the scope of resources at this police department. What is the protocol for escalating the case to a higher level? What is the time frame in doing so? We are concerned for the girl's safety and want the perpetrator identified and brought to justice as soon as possible. This is negatively impacting their college experience and ability to study. The university is known as a top criminal justice school. We think it would be in the best interest of both the university as well as this police department to ensure there is no negative publicity occurring regarding an incident if the incident were to occur due to a lack of, lack of action in resolving this case. We hope you take this as seriously as we do and work proactively to resolve this case as soon as possible. We thank you for your attention to this issue. Signed by my mom and dad. And I also would like to say, I studied and got my major in criminal justice and investigations at this university. So I have nothing against law enforcement at all, but the way they were not taking us very seriously and handling our case was very upsetting, especially somebody who is pro-law enforcement. It was a shit show. Um, Essentially, what I think happened was we got this third-party detective to come in, um, and that really made the other police department mad, but we were at the point where they wanted to wait to see if something happened to us. And I'm like, I just remember looking back on that and I'm like, who thought that was a good idea? Because we've already gotten to the point where we've been put in a safe house. So nothing's going to happen again. And if it does, I don't know at what level. If the fact that they thought, oh, let's wait till these girls are more traumatized to then catch it. But then when we were traumatized, we tried to call them and then they wouldn't come to our house when we were trying to call them when something was happening. That just blows my mind. I, I do think. Um, I at that time when they didn't come, 
there was no other third party um, being that was involved at that point either. So there was really no reason why they couldn't come. And I think they were just annoyed that we kept calling and they never found anything. But uh, I know I do want to go back to Sophie, Sophie's parents' statement and the part that um, really caught my attention was when uh, it stated that there was that this was negatively affecting our college experience. Um, I remember after all this happened and finally just being able to relax and kind of go on with our lives. Uh, I remember being really angry and mad um, just because all these people, like throughout the last two, three years, all these people talked about how they had this great, awesome college experience and how they enjoyed college so much and I just I hated it and I was like why was my experience taken away from me like what did we all do wrong to have that taken away from us because I mean anything for a whole month and when we tried it didn't end well for any of us obviously like we talked about in this episode earlier about how I might have then slipped something because I was throwing up all day and I don't think I've ever really talked about mentioned that to my parents either but I just remember being angry like how come they got this positive experience but why couldn't we get that positive experience another thing I would like to add to that is timeline wise it this happened started happening December 2019 and then continued on until like January and we were in the safe house February 2020. I think um spoiler alert we moved out of the safe house end of February 2020. Guess what started in March of 2020? You guys remember? COVID. COVID. So we really didn't <laughs> We really didn't have much left of college after that. <laughs> no, we were, I mean, by that point, the next year that after that, we were seniors. Our, yeah, we were most of, our junior year was that. We had a whole year taken away from us. So, that sucked. It really did. It was not fun. But yeah, I'm grateful that my parents did write these letters because I think it did kind of push the departments and caught the chancellor's eye to push our police department to kind of get a move on with it. It definitely got the ball rolling. Um, It definitely caught their attention away too because that way we weren't, they weren't trying to put our lives at danger again. Um, but I do see how, like, I, how they would want something to happen again, but at that point, we, we were done. There was many chances they could have came out that night, but they didn't. They chose not to. Um, that's okay. Uh, 
can't change anything in the past now, but we would just, I mean, we're here telling our story and we're thankful that we are able to sit here and tell our story. Yes, very thankful. And very thankful this is years in the past. <laughs> yes, we're three years out. Um, it'll be January 5th in like two weeks. Three years ago, yeah. Yeah, it'll be three years ago. <laughs> Crazy. January 5th always makes me nervous. That day just never sits well with me. But it's gotten a lot better. I'm not, I feel like I'm not as antsy about it. Everyone think about January 5th now. <laughs> yeah, everyone think about January 5th and how much you hate that day. <laughs> it's a bad day. It's a holiday. <laughs> It's a terrible day. I wouldn't call it a holiday. Wait, it's probably it, scarier than Halloween. Is it a Thursday? Because Thursdays are the worst days. Don't tell me why, but they just are. Let me think. It is a Thursday. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Thursdays are bad luck. Thursdays are bad luck because they're just in between the Wednesday and the Friday, you know? They're just yeah. pointless. <laughs> pointless. Oh. All right, so I think we're going to probably just end this this episode here. This is just just a tidbit of the aftermath of what happened, and we'll pick it up next week because we got a lot more to give (laughs) you. We do. This kind of drags on for a while, but... um... So we're going to talk about that, and we're going to talk about moving into the duplex set. The new duplex, not the yeah. creepy one, the new one. But this one, honestly, it was mm. my favorite house that I've ever lived in. And we will explain to you later about why that is in the next <laughs> yes. episode. All right. So well, is- I hope all of our... I hope all of our listeners have a happy holiday. (laughs) Yes, Merry Christmas. Or if you don't celebrate, that's okay too. Happy Hanukkah and Kwanzaa. I forgot about Kwanzaa. Anyways, this is (laughs) Survived. With Sophie. And Lexi. See you next time. See ya. Bye. Bye.